Hello and howdy. This is the Hair and the Whole Vibe, a Trent Crim podcast. I'm Lou. And I'm Bart. And just a quick reminder, especially today, this will not be a spoiler-free podcast. Um, we will talk about season three that's upcoming and our theories about it and everything that has come out already. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He is here. He has arrived. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, I, I we're gonna start with the trailer, right? Because apologies. Trent <laughs> a, 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 apologies for the mess that this is. But there, so much happened that we didn't anticipate would happen. We have a trailer. We have some very, very interesting bonus material that Apple TV Plus just released that mm-hmm. is very relevant to what we're going to talk about today. But yes, yeah. let's start with the trailer. Let's let's tackle this chronologically. So yeah, the, the I mean I mean the most important thing about the trailer is that Trent Krim is in it. He is in it. <laughs> Against and all I, our expectations, somehow yes, he's made it. I did not expect it. Like I was hoping or wishing for maybe a trend in the background somewhere, yes. maybe somewhere in the stands or in a crowd. But there he was, and he got, like, a single shot. He got a solo shot. Only the important characters had solo shots. There are characters that I thought would be really important in season three that didn't get any shots, like Dr. Sharon. Mm -hmm. She's not in it. And I was like, I thought for sure she'd be in it and Trent wouldn't. But they flipped that on us. And it really, it surprised me so much that... I mean, it occupied our conversations for mm-hmm. a, a long time. Yes, yes. We did uh, have an emergency phone call after the trailer dropped <laughs> and talked about that one shot that lasts two seconds for, I think, one and a half hours. Yes, and uh, for good reason, because even though nothing happens in this shot, he's just walking down the street, we already get our first hint, which... Now it's almost irrelevant with this new thing, but let's keep let's let's mm-hmm. stick to the to the timeline. He's carrying a notebook, which means mm-hmm. our man Trent Krim will be writing, which means that the theory that he's writing a book is most likely correct. Mm-hmm. And not only does he carry a notebook, he also looks so good doing it. It's <laughs> just <laughs> so good. And I think this is a good time to bring up our bingo. I think most people who listen to us found us through Tumblr or just mm-hmm. know about our Tumblr. But we have posted our Trend Season 3 bingo, which is essentially our predictions for what Trend is up to in Season 3. And yes, point one, the free space in the center, that trend will look good. Absolutely, 100% yes. We, mm-hmm. It was a free space for a reason. We knew he would. And yeah, I take mean... That, take that baby off. And also, it's just such a model walk, like the way he fixes yeah. <laughs> his collar and just struts down that street. Yeah, it's feeling <sighs> himself. He's finally yeah. free. It's It really is exactly how we wanted to see him. Just mm-hmm. confident gorgeous and still just a writer still carrying a notebook like mm-hmm. like a lifeline and definitely on a mission somehow he looks oh, so determined so determined i mean we get zero context clues of where he's going or what he's up to it's just him walking down the street but i think it tells me already so much oh yeah for us i mean this is we're used to working with very little so this yes. is already great for us 
And I think it's also interesting the way it's placed in the trailer. Like we see the press room um, with some of our like um, familiar faces there with Lloyd and other people and the whole atmosphere there and how good it still is. But Trent is obviously not there and we know he is not supposed to be there anymore. And then the very next scene we see is Trent walking down the street to tell us, yes, he's still here. He's just not in that room anymore. What is he up to? We don't know. You'll find out. And, and like that just confirms. I mean, they did say it in interviews before that Trent would have an important-ish role in the third season and that he would stick around. Like that we will see him around this the way that was beautifully phrased he'll stay in Ted's orbit mm -hmm. we knew that but we it still didn't tell us like to what extent like will he have a big role or will he just be in two episodes and be important in those but the fact that you know he gets a single shot in the trailer that it's like this little reminder like he's not in the press room anymore but he's still there mm -hmm. like that just confirms he he will be important and yeah. uh, he will stay in Ted's orbit and that is very exciting for us mm -hmm. and I did see some interesting theories floating around about how he's dressed so like in such dark clothes and how that looks like he's more on the side of Rupert and Nate I've seen that but... too but I just I, I can't buy it. That would no. be a crazy. That would be. I mean, that would be a plot twist that we did not anticipate, and we refuse to anticipate because it makes me sad. <laughs> yes. Also, why would he do that? Like, why would he give up Nate as a source and then go back to I don't know, be a it's spy like, for him or something? It, it's like some crazy, huge double spy conspiracy plot like yeah. hey i'm your best friend and i'll tell you about my source and i give up my job for you but actually i've been working for the other side this entire time that's mm -hmm. insane but well if that theory. happens we we have to throw out our complete interpretation of treadcrim as a character because <laughs> nothing would make sense to me then <laughs> no we would be we were off if that's true but it's not just that he's in the trailer and everything it's all and what they said in interviews that you know he stays important and stays in ted's orbit because i think that's like no one said like there's gonna be something unexpected about trend they're like he stays in ted's orbit but also let us remember what we didn't get to talk about yet either the fifa trailer yeah, he's yeah. in the FIFA trailer. He's in the fucking FIFA trailer. Like that was the biggest surprise. I mean, I was surprised he's in the regular trailer trailer, but the FIFA one, that one came yeah. out of fucking nowhere. Because we knew that like the FIFA thing was kind of vaguely announced. Like we knew that uh, Richmond would be in the next FIFA game, mm -hmm. but you know, obviously there might be a trailer. Like, we didn't, like, think about it that hard. It was just, you know, this is going to be fun, right? And all the Roy Kent as a CGI character jokes. That was great. Mm -hmm. But then they brought out a trailer and one of the very few human beings who got to talk in this trailer, sort of this in-universe thing where Richmond is a real club and FIFA is having this real club be part of their mm -hmm. game. Like, one of those few people is him. Yeah, it's it's him it's Roy Kent, and then just one or two real football people, and yep. that's it. That's wild to me. Yeah, I mean, what does that tell us if not that Trent is, like, in their minds, in like, the creators' minds, like, a hugely important figure? Mm -hmm. 
and it's it's that like it's his appearances in both these trailers but it's also if you pay attention to the press tour and all the parties and events they were invited to they took james lance to so many of these like he's around all the time now for a character that's barely even there in season two that's wild so that tells me that yes he is gonna like he has to be in season three more than he was in season two yeah exactly like that is sort of the the verdict that you get from all of these things that he will not just be around like they already 100 confirmed but that he will be in a bigger role than he was in mm-hmm. season two more personal role yes and like the the levels of which we will see but i think we can at least expect something like what they did with Isaac in season two, because Isaac mm. was basically just around in season one and he didn't have like, he said a couple of funny things. Um, he was always nice to look at, you know, <laughs> um, but he like his character got so much more fleshed out in season two. And just with a few scenes where he really like got his chance to shine. And that's, I think, the the least that we can expect from Trent, that he's going to be around, he's going to be in scenes, and sometimes, like, he he will be highlighted in these scenes. I think yeah, like, that's the, the minimum I expect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it seems like they are definitely going in that direction. Otherwise, mm. it would be pretty wild what they did with the, all the um, Emmy events. So I'm assuming they just wanted to kind of keep him in people's minds, like, don't forget about Trent Grimm. You're gonna want to remember Trent Grimm. And he just seems so happy. So oh, extremely yes. happy in every interview. Like he is, like all of his dreams are coming true. And we know about his dreams. We know about mm-hmm. his visions for Trent. And I think he is getting what he what he is, yeah. what he wanted this entire time. Yeah, James Lance is honestly one of the biggest Trent Grimm girlies out there. Yes. <laughs> And it's just the way he talks about season three gives me so much hope for this character. And he says that Trent is going on a little adventure. Like you said before, he's going to stay in Ted's orbit. He he is so excited about everything that's coming for Trent that I have nothing but hope. Sometimes I, I get my doubts, but when I think about how excited James Lance is, I I feel so hopeful. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I trust in his in his joy. It's yeah. it's he's too joyful to be playing a character who's not at all what he wanted. And we know what he wanted. He's been very clear about like his own personal little backstory for Trent. And I think that's maybe not fully what we're getting. I don't think we're gonna dive into all of the things that James Lance has come up with, but like the core mm-hmm. like it he's not playing a character who doesn't fit the story anymore. Like he is one hundred percent still playing the trend that he has constructed in his mind mm-hmm. as an actor well should we talk about that trend that he has constructed constructed in his mind because i think some people in the fandom might not be that deep into all the james lance interviews and just give that, a quick summary that is a good point let's let's try let's try it as short as possible trent according to james lance comes from sort of a posh family that maybe wasn't as loving as a child like trent needed Mm-hmm. And um, he often talks about uh, Trent's dad and yes. that he had a difficult relationship, like um, that his dad expected him to be this very sportsy kind of 
kid and he just wasn't. I think in one interview he says um, that um, he his father wanted a Roy Kent kind of person, okay, like yeah. someone who's really just so masculine and athletic and so good at sports and also doesn't show any emotions. And yeah. that's not Trent. And so uh, Trent uh, found a safe space at the local library. <laughs> I think that's a story James, uh, James yeah, told in one interview. And then just buried himself in books and just made that his kind of armor. And that's what kind of turned him into a bully himself, he says. So I, I just love this this um, character he is. Because not only has he created that in his mind, but we saw that. Like, before he even went into all of these details and interviews, we, we all theorized sort of this general vibe like mm. that maybe his father was very strict or maybe you know being kind of seeming very queer as a character you know you 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 get the idea that um the reason he's the way he is is because um it is sort of his reaction to the world around him mm. treating him pretty badly all his yeah. life and so he treated it the same way back just sort mm. of as a defense mechanism yes and I think also James Lance keeps talking about how um, unhappy Trent is with his like with his life at the beginning of the show, and that he's that he feels stuck um, in a role or in a place he doesn't want to be in. Yeah. And I think that's what we see then at the end of season two, him finally realizing that he can let go of that thing that makes him unhappy. And um, so um, all of that is feeding into our theories heavily like james Lars's little hat cannons about trent Krim. <laughs> and that is i mean that immediately brings us into our first bingo point that is on our bingo <laughs> first point trent is gay i i mean it would at this point i would be surprised if he isn't yeah. but i also put trent straight on the bingo just in case so <laughs> Yeah, that's not what we want, but that's our sort of biggest fear. <laughs> Just in, in case thing, if it so. happens, we still get at least a bingo. So. Yeah, Trent being queer or being gay, that's based on so many different things. And mostly it's just, you know, his whole vibe. The whole vibe. <laughs> the whole vibe. Yes. Um, and it would and... be a good story. I mean, they Ted Lasso is pretty good at sort of telling diverse life experiences mm -hmm. and you know a single gay dad is you know something they haven't had yet in sort of mm -hmm. that general wheelhouse so would would be nice to have that it would fit his character to be sort of a struggling mm -hmm. single gay dad because in season one he is he does seem to be a little bit of a mess so yeah. um, that would explain it being a single dad and it, and it would, would just, be so compelling it, it would it perfectly fit into the backstory of you know never being enough for his father and things mm. like that always being bullied he also mentions that he was heavily bullied as a child for yeah. <laughs> Why would he? i understand it but it broke mm -hmm. my heart when he said that um yeah, but it it would it all fits together like sort of not masculine enough sort of not man enough because mm. he's just happens to be gay yeah and also the whole feeling of being stuck in a life he didn't mm. um fully like want to be in mm. and being discontent with his situation and I'm pretty sure there's there's going to be ways in which uh, season three will address the homophobic culture of football and sports in general, but especially football and especially in um, I mean, like that. men's football. 
and um i think there's various ways that they're going to deal with that and we know some of it because like people paid attention when filming happened and <laughs> um they filmed at a gay club in amsterdam so um and uh, perhaps more importantly trent was there <laughs> and trent was there yes it would be um, at this point the weirdest coincidence in the world if they have a coming out or some sort of gay or homophobia storyline and Trent is clearly involved in it because he was part of filming at the gay club, but it turns out he isn't gay. That would be the wildest coincidence in the so world. Weird. I mean, I, yeah. it, it really all signs point to Trent being sort of there as an elder gay figure in this cast mm -hmm. of characters for the younger gay figure in mm -hmm. the form of Colin. Yes. I mean, if you're not aware that uh, there's theories about Colin being gay, mm -hmm. um, well, it's just very out there just very obvious he talks about grinder he is like kind of weirded out when he sees boobs he is <laughs> not a straight man i'm also, like i mean we know confirmed he also is in the gay club so, he's also in the um, gay club we know that it's but it's even, going like, to even, it's going to be common <laughs> yes even outside of that the signs have already been like laid out yeah. cl clear and also, I think another point for um, for Trent being gay is um, in one of the interviews, I think it's one of the interviews he did with um, Natalie Fisher. Oh, Natalie um, Fisher, <laughs> our favorite journalist yeah, after we, Trent Krim, who's no yes. longer a journalist. It's Natalie Fisher, who we're, has we're an open fans. invite for this podcast, by the way. If oh, she's yes. listening, if she wants to, <laughs> contact us, krimcast.gmail.com. Yeah. We want to talk to you. Yes, I mean, mostly I, I, I love these articles because Natalie Fisher just gets to ask James Lance all these questions that I'm dying to ask him. Yeah. And I so hope that she's going to do a, a season three, like post season three interview with him just to talk again about everything they couldn't talk so far. Yes. Because in the last interview that they did after season two, um, she asks James Lance about um, uh, these looks that Trent gives Ted and um, that she noticed them and he gets very excited and it's like oh it's so interesting that you noticed them and um, I don't want to give too much away but um, it is meaningful like it means something the way um, is actually James Lance dropping hints that Trent has a big crush on Ted I think he is <laughs> I mean it's just to be completely fair it could mean a lot of things like it could mean other things that Trent is intrigued by about Ted but it is it's just the fact that Natalie got to very openly talk about sort of the ship of Ted and Trent with James and he seemed very sort of intrigued and mm -hmm. sort of enjoying that concept yeah um, I, I really like to take that as evidence that you know we're not mm -hmm. on the wrong path here yeah and even if we end up not being right, I think I can easily construct it in my head as still being true. <laughs> yeah, we can we can shoehorn that in. That, yeah. We are very good at that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So our next point on the bingo is I love our chats. Yeah, the the I love our chats. Like the first time he says it, it's a little bit a little bit insane. Like he mm. just had this really uncomfortable conversation with we, Ted. We talked about and this. Yes, it's we talked about this. And then the fact that he says it again, that's what makes it absolutely wild to me. And that's what makes me think that maybe this is going to be his new catchphrase. Um, because I, even, I feel... 
necessarily a catchphrase. I know we call it that, but it feels way more like it's building up to a very meaningful iteration of this. Yeah. Like there's going to be a very important, emotionally important moment in season three where he says that again in and, and it, it, it means something different this time. Yeah. Well, a catchphrase is maybe not the right word you're right, but like it's based on the fact that Trent used to have this catchphrase this whole time, like Trent Krim the Independent. Yeah. And even in, in um, episode seven of season two, it doesn't work anymore. And he is dropping it. And I don't think Trent Krim Independent will be his new like kind of tagline. It's too close to the previous I, one. I They do reuse it again in the thing we're going to talk about later. Yep. But I don't think he's going to run around saying it all the time. No. I think it's just going to be like a tongue-in-cheek thing for yeah. maybe mentioning it again but no it it would feel weird and also like too close to what he like yeah. completely severed his life from now yeah. so um it wouldn't make sense to me but yeah like you said maybe as a joke he says it again but it's it's not gonna be like a catchphrase the way Trent Krim the independent was but I can definitely see him repeating again I love our I love our chats mm -hmm. especially for uh with um things that also are gonna come up in our bingo um like scenes that he could have with ted where they talk about something very deep and meaningful um and then seeing it in a way that for the first time maybe shows how deeply he means it yeah because so far it's a very superficial thing like mm. um the word love is not sort of the center of it mm. like it's just the way you casually say you love stuff yeah but i I genuinely feel like they're they're doing something with this where the love means a little more next time. Yeah. Also because um it kind of connects back to their first serious conversation when um Ted asked Trent, what do you love? And now like a, a whole season later, uh, Trent gives the answer and says, I love our chats. Let's let's move on. So we get through at least some of our oh bingo. Yes. Um, we already addressed that we think Trent is um, writing a book about the club, and um, that is sort of a, a leading theory in the fandom. Anyway, it's mm -hmm. based on one that he's a writer, <laughs> yeah. and uh, to um, this uh, behind the scenes fact that I don't remember what his name was, but a um a uh, a writer who does write sports books like mm -hmm. who, who does follow people around to write books about them um has advised the writer's room on you know sort of what the process looks like mm -hmm. and it seems like they probably stuck to that yeah yeah that's... i mean there's there's two big theories floating around it's either trent becomes the pr person um, for richmond um and like becomes like uh Achilles replacement or that he writes a book about either Ted or just Richmond in general and um the sports writer his name is I think John Feinstein um he talked about it in a radio show and he said he was contacted uh, by um the Ted Lasso writers and they said they were they were gonna base a character on him and like it's gonna be an already established character who um then is gonna write a book um so all of that points very clearly to the one writer in the show we know about which is Trent yeah because I, I think that's also the, the lovely thing like 
um, when Ted asks him, what do you love? Ted fills in, is it writing? I, I think he 100% got it right. But, you know, it, it reminded Trent that he he's a journalist because it's how he gets paid to do what he loves. Mm -hmm. But it's not necessarily the journalism part that he enjoys. He just enjoys the writing part. And it just makes so much sense that now he would sort of honor this realization that Ted has allowed him to have by writing about mm. Ted. Yeah, I think I, I talked about this before. I think he's also a fan of the club. Like he yeah. doesn't just report about them. He honestly just loves Richmond. So right now, currently, I think um, my headcanon is that he starts out saying, oh, I'm going to write a book about the club. Um, and then has all these interviews with people and these like all the players and all, everybody um, behind the scenes just keeps talking about how trend, uh, how Ted has changed things around plays. And then the book ends up being about Ted. And that. that's kind of like a reveal at the ending when when Ted gets the book um, I love and that. finds out. It's basically a huge love letter to a his huge work. Love letter. I love that. I love that theory. That that would make sense because uh, mm -hmm. I, I could see that happening. And uh, yeah. we also we do got to have to address that um, we consider this more or less confirmed by this newly released uh, bonus material on Apple TV Plus. Um, we're gonna I think we probably have to do that next episode, but we're gonna dive into like this entire promo that has absolutely made us lost our minds um, uh -huh. at one point. But what we see is Trent um, sort of explaining Ted, explaining the people, explaining the club, and. Uh, he's writing it so basically he's reading out what he's writing and it very much looks like he's writing a book mm -hmm. yeah I mean do we want to talk about narrator trend right now is this uh... Uh, I honestly think we need to give narrator trend and it's his own episode but I mean it is okay. a point on our bingo so we do have to address that a standing mm -hmm. theory for us is that Trent is the narrator of the story that is Ted Lasso and the biggest reasons for that is one, James Lance has an amazing voice. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> and just he, And the other thing is that he already does it in um, mm -hmm. in episode three. That like he does this voiceover when Higgins starts to read out the article, and then it's suddenly Trent Crimry here, and that kind of breaks the the narrative or it's kind of like breaking of the fourth wall because it's suddenly Trent Krim the character from the show speaking to us the audience yep. and yeah it is the only like it, this is the only time that a character explicitly talks to just the audience because in the story Trent Krim would never like fully read out his article out loud so this is not because Higgins reads it out loud to Rebecca so that makes sense he's talking yeah. to Rebecca and we're just hearing him as the audience as well but Trent has no reason to read it out loud. So he is reading it to us, the audience, which means that he no longer is just a character. He is the narrator. Mm -hmm. And um, that has given us this wonderful brain rot that we call narrator Trent Krim mm -hmm. and narrative escaper Trent Krim because he, he gets to do that already in season one and gets to do that again in this bonus material, which mm -hmm. most likely means he will do that again in season three. Oh, I really, really hope so. And yeah, like this this whole theory has so many layers, so probably we're not going to go into them today, but just as a start, yeah, I think 
narrator trend is real he and is we real. Will get him. he is real he is real he is real in this bonus material that apple tv dropped just on their platform in the us i think but um yeah not yeah. everyone has it yet but it probably eventually everyone will so yes that's that's very exciting for us i think that was more exciting for me than trent being in the trailer yeah like 100 percent. because Trent being in the trailer is not a surprise in such we know that Trent will be in season three so it was a nice surprise seeing him in the trailer but it wasn't a surprise like Mm. that he's there but Trent narrating that is a brain rot that is specific to us and (laughs) the fact that that happened exactly the way that we imagined like he would be writing a book or whatever he's writing but probably a book mm-hmm. and that he would narrate to us the audience like he's explicitly addressing the audience like this is Ted Lasso and this is the club mm-hmm. and it's our and, particular brand of brain rot that's yeah. just 100% represented we did not expect that in any way we genuinely didn't expect that to happen because we were like this is our craziest theory yeah but and no, it's, it's the not. one that got canon before <laughs> season three even started it's so yeah. incredible like, I and- expected at most a redo of the uh, the scene where he narrates in in season one like just you know that maybe he reads out a few lines and it's like oh he's reading out again when mm-hmm. it doesn't make narrative sense so he's narrating for us again yeah. but the season isn't even hasn't even started yet and we already got confirmed mm-hmm. our craziest theory i love that i love that, love that for, for us, us. Um, I love yeah. that we and can't also... stop talking about it we said we wouldn't dive into it ah, this episode okay. but we can't stop because it's yeah, one last thing though, what I loved about that whole clip is that it's so much like a rom-com. I think you said that first, I like said, the way yeah. it's like, it's a this is trailer. Ted Lasso, freeze frame. <laughs> yeah, it's a rom-com trailer. I love that for, I, I love that because this whole show, Ted, Ted sort of lives by rom-com rules, not mm-hmm. necessarily in the sense that people fall in love, which is part of the show, but mostly like rom-com rules, the sort of yeah. um, magical world where things work out, where everything is sort of, adorable and everything's yeah. magical and um, coincidences just happen and yeah, the wrong um, communism you know <laughs> the wrong communism and that is sort of a philosophy for ted it's not just about falling in love it's about sort of everything love is in everything and yeah. everything can be sort of your object of your own personal rom-com like for ted the afc richmond club is his object of his own personal rom-com and I love that in this promo, it actually is like a rom-com trailer. Like mm-hmm. this is about Ted, who who has this rom-com story with this club. Because yeah. this whole show has all of these rom-com elements, not just the one episode that's explicitly about it, the, the mm-hmm. rom-communism episode, which is not called that, but I forgot. Oh, no, no. It's <laughs> rainbow. Great. It's rainbow, right? It's not just that episode. The entire show follows rom-com rules. And mm-hmm. I love that they, they put that into this promo that Trent is the narrator of the rom-com it's yes. wonderful and adorable especially for a character that's introduced as, as someone so cynical oh God, and God. so pessimistic and he's the one who now tells the story like it's a cheesy Hollywood rom-com I love that so yeah, much that's that a good yeah. good observation okay let's move on from narrator Trent. have to move on from narrator Trent. maybe next episode we'll dive even deeper into it yeah probably mm-hmm <laughs> Our next okay, then... point on the bingo is Trent dresses funky. We're not going to waste too much time talking oh, about yeah. it, but um, uh, season two finale, he wears these really wonderfully funky uh, leopard print shoes. 
And uh, there seems to be a lot of hints in this character that he has kind of a funky taste in mm-hmm. in clothes. And I want to see more of that. I yeah. want to see him go all out. <laughs> yeah, I think the... Well, I, I talked about it before, how I think Trent's character, um, like, the changes he goes through are expressed through his wardrobe. So I think it was would just be very neat to see him wear something that's just very out there. Uh, to show that he is freeing himself. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, the next uh, point we haven't addressed yet is his daughter appears. He, She has to, right? I mean, yeah. she has to. We I mean, to I, I don't have high hopes, but I am optimistic. Um, just because this is the only thing we know about him outside of his job that's very real. And it's just dropped in a few hints. <laughs> And also James Lance loves that fact. And he has talked about it in multiple interviews um, that he's so excited um, about uh, Trent having a small daughter because he also has a son, I think, uh, around that age. And he just loves that little detail about him. So, um, yeah, that would be very cool. To Give see the daughter. James Lance everything he wants. I, I Yes, please. And also, I think that would be such a great opportunity to... Um, to make Ted and Trent bond over like what it means to be a father and what it yeah. means to be a good father. Like, I think um, if you look at, especially like single dad Trent Krim um, as, a, as a theory with the job he had before, he wouldn't have had much time for his child. Um, and he like he would have been very busy and away a lot. And now that he's not working as a journalist anymore, he will maybe have more time to spend with his daughter. And maybe that's something um, that is also relevant to Ted because Ted because um, he you can see him thinking thinking about um, Henry more and more and the way way he is a good or bad father to Henry and um, him being absent is a big like not talked about issue that he has with himself and that would be a cool way to bring that up and make it like talked about yeah i I, that is also it plays into what i said before that ted lasso is good at telling like these different life stories and that a gay single dad would fit in well because of that it would fit in amazingly because he would Ted would have someone to talk to about sort of his anxieties and I think just talking to his therapist is not going to be how they solve this because the relationships Ted forms with the people around him are really important so Mm -hmm. it would make a lot of sense for them to go okay but now why do these two men like why are they friends what what bonds them together and Mm -hmm. I think that would be an amazing thing to use there sort of in connection with um, his daughter appearing is also that we see how and where Trent lives, that we see his Mm -hmm. home. Personally, I would love that. um, Because uh, episode three, Trent Grimm, The Independence, started with uh, Rebecca's morning routine in a way. She woke up or she was already awake when her alarm rang, like she was so excited about starting this day. Um, Mm -hmm. And it would be a wonderful parallel if a new sort of trend-centered episode would show his morning mm-hmm. routine him waking up getting his daughter ready getting himself ready and we just kind of see how he lives and sort of yeah. his new routine i think it would be lovely 
this is exactly what I wrote down as notes for that point, um, <laughs> that in the trend-centric um, episode, we could see a parallel to uh, Rebecca's morning routine in, um, in episode three, because I'm constantly amazed by the parallels between Trent and Rebecca. And I think that would be just one more very cool parallel that they could add to the list and also i what i noticed in season two when we first saw um dr sharon's home as well um that was something where she became a character or like a person to ted on a deeper level like before she was this therapist that's snooping around at work and that make, makes ted kind of uncomfortable but then they get to bond on this deeper personal level and he gets to see that she's also like kind of a messy person that she drinks that she needs like she reads self-help books and all that and i think it would also be lovely for uh ted to be in trent's home yeah. and see that he is a fully fleshed out person like he has a whole life outside of um, everything they like they've shared so far and um that would also be very cool. Yeah, and great. We're already on the topic. Ted and Trent together, because, I mean, we're pretty sure they confirmed it. When we see Trent, it's going to be most likely in connection with Ted. And our next point on the bingo is that uh, Ted compliments Trent's hair. I just want to see him flustered. I think one of yeah. James Lance's greatest strengths is um, that he can play a serious character, but in a funny way like yes the, his facial expressions and his sort of general the way he presents himself is he's is, he's so quick to make you laugh without needing to like tell jokes mm -hmm. and i just want to see him completely flustered the mm -hmm. the same way he was when he first met ted and ted complimented his glasses i want a redo of that but yeah. now they are closer friends and ted does mm -hmm. not hesitate to compliment him like genuinely on his appearance Especially yeah, and also Ted has this way of just being absolutely unhinged about the physical appear appearance of his um friends yep. or like the people he's around. He's just <laughs> not holding back ever, like calling his friends hot and like having them kind of just remember uh, the, the 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 small hips comment on Jamie. <laughs> Yes, or the way he compliments um, Nate's suit um, when he's talking to Dr. Sharon about feeling under pressure, and Dr. Sharon just stares at him like he thinks, what is this man? Like, why is he like that? And I'm so used to Ted being like that already, but it's yep. fun being reminded that not everybody's used to that, yep. and Trent is definitely not used no. to that yet, um, even though he's been subjected to it for quite a bit now. But not, not on that level. Yeah, not on that. Not on this very personal level. And mm -hmm. it's. I just want to see it. I just want to see Trent completely losing his footing because Ted complimented him. Yeah, I think that also ties into another point on the bingo, which is a, a Trent and Danny scene. Because I just mm -hmm. want these two people with their beautiful hair <laughs> to bond over their beautiful hair. Yes. I want um, Ted to make the bond. <laughs> yes, and just um, I don't know. I I think it would be so cool. I think we had this hatch just, cannon about. I, I um, love how opposite Trent and Danny are in sort of energies. It's always amazing when he gets paired up with people who have much lower energy than he does, and I just yeah just because Trent is this very eloquent, very serious sort of 
person and then he is the complete opposite he has like three lines that he constantly repeats he's super enthusiastic he's a golden retriever and Trent really is more of a cat so yeah i want to see them clash oh that would be gorgeous yeah and then just ted saying something about both their hair and about how these two people of course have to be friends because look at how gloriously um they um yeah wear their hair or something and then i just i have this deep deep need of ted calling trent a silver fox i it's just so real to me it already exists i can hear it i can hear it (laughs) and i just need to need that to happen in the show yeah 100 percent we we skipped one by the way we skipped uh trent has banter yeah, no, I mean, we have Trent uh, has banter on there mainly because, one, it's been such a huge narrative tool in the show so far. Like, so many yeah. things have happened because of banter. And it's a very popular fanfic trope. And I think they could still do new stuff with it. And yeah. especially involving Trent, especially if he's a single gay dad. Mm-hmm. And also, I think um, banter will play a bigger role in season three because, like, for one, there's still um, the kid sponsors. And also, I think um, Jody Balfour's character um, is probably linked to banter, like because she was she's... cast as a what is it, a venture, venture capitalist, capitalist, and that is how Keeley describes the firm that yeah. made banter. So yes. I'm pretty sure that's gonna be the person who made banter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they will do stuff with that app, and why not do it with Trent? I just think that would be I just think it would be funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the next point we haven't talked about yet is um, another one of our fear points that's in there that in the worst case scenario, we still might get a bingo. It's that Trent is only important for like half the season. The problem is that the show is like, every that the season has 12 episodes. Mm. So for a character like being in five or six episodes is still a lot. Mm. But it would be very... After all of this hype up of this character, very sad if like after half the season he disappears from the general screen and loses all of his importance. Yeah, I mean, I could live with uh, a season one kind of scenario where he's just in in a bunch of episodes for one scene or something like that but season two was really rough because he's there in the beginning then he's there for one uh, episode like for episode seven and then he's not there until the very end and i think that would frustrate me to just sit around every week and be like where's where's trent crumb why is he not there especially now that we have a podcast where we want to talk about him and <laughs> it would be sad to have like four episodes without him and we would just have to scramble for content yeah. But yeah, the next point on our bingo um, is Ted and Trent touch, which sort of plays into this, you know, they spend more time together, they become closer friends, and we're just, we are veterans of the Tumblr shipping culture. So characters just looking at each other and just touching is sort of what we live on. This is our, this is is how how we survive in a fandom. So that is, that is why that's on there. It's just mm-hmm. as a callback to what 100% is going to kill us if it happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no matter what it is, just it could be just a clap on the shoulder, which would probably make Trent flustered already because he's just like that. 
or it could be a hug or it could be just something just very uh, close, especially like when we talk about uh, trend finding Ted during a panic attack. I think that point is also on there due to our um, smooth Tumblr, transition to a, a next Tumblr shipping history. Yes, um, because uh, first of all, it's again something that shows up in, in fanfic uh, repeatedly. It's also a parallel to Rebecca and also um, something that um, James Lance said um, where he talked about mental health being an important issue in trans life. Also, the fact that apparently Jason Sudeikis told James Lance about um, about the whole issue with uh, with Ted's dad in <laughs> season one when nobody else knew about it and he told James Lance about it. And um, now, now we're also at two other points yeah. on the bingo. Now we're just Sorry, full into our brain now. rot. We are full deep in it because yeah. that is that has. I think that is what set us off to be this insane about the character. This thing that yeah. he revealed that Jason Sudeikis told him mm-hmm. about Ted's dad at the mm-hmm. beginning of the show. Most importantly, nobody knew at that point. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's like it maybe tells us that. If James Lance knew, it's because Trent knew. It's because maybe Trent looked into Ted and did, did a background check and found out about that. I think that it. I, what I like to imagine is that, you know, set off after this um, conversation that he had with Ted in episode three, he started digging because Ted said some like very vague, weird things that sort mm-hmm. of suggest a very heavy history in some yeah. way. And Trent is the kind of person who would go digging like he 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 bites into a topic and then he doesn't let go and i i just imagine that he sort of tried to research like things about ted that maybe not everybody would know and mm-hmm. he stumbles like genuinely stumbles into a connection and no one else would make because it's a complete coincidence that he he made this connection that you know there's most likely when ted's father died some there was something in a local newspaper about mm-hmm. a suicide that happened and Maybe it was written like he was found by his 16-year-old son who he leaves behind and his wife, you know, the usual way that mm-hmm. these articles are phrased. Yeah. And I think that Trent would be the only person who would make the connection that that person was Ted's father and that son was Ted. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be the most compelling story the show could tell that Ted, Trent has known this entire time um, about this the, Ted's biggest trauma. I think that, like, maybe if that's the case, it would also tell us why um, Trent wrote his article about Ted's panic attack the way he wrote it. Like, it's written with so much compassion, with uh, such a care for this very heavy topic. And if you look at, like, if you pause uh, the episode um, and look at the article that he has written, he talks about suicide rates um, in men and um, how that all links to mental health and sports. And it's such a deeply caring article and just very sensitive around this whole topic that it makes me wonder, is that already telling us that Trent knows more than like he lets on? Because I also think that that connects to the comment he made about how there is something there when Natalie Fisher said that Trent looks at Ted a very certain way, because I think it 100% would explain that as well. If you're not going for the gay theory that he already knows about Ted's dad, he knows the entire show. 
and he doesn't talk about it with Ted. He he keeps it to himself, but it really changes the way that he sees Ted because he realizes Ted is really mm. genuinely not superficially the way he is, but because of something very traumatizing that happened to him. Yeah, but then also to to jump back uh, to to Trent um, helping uh, Ted through a panic attack. And uh, James Lance saying that mental health is a uh, is a topic um, in that that's present in Trent's life maybe tells me the story that Trent has also made some experiences with something like that with somebody in his family or um, one of his loved ones um, experiencing um, like mental a mental health crisis or um, committing suicide or something like that and maybe that's one of the reasons why uh, Trent changes his mind on Ted so drastically because he understands where Ted is coming from and that would be very interesting also to see if like we know that Ted will continue to have panic attacks we see that in the trailer for season three and of course I hope that Dr. Sharon will be around to further help Ted with that Um, but I also hope that Ted gets to open up more about these um, with his friends and with his loved ones Um, and to have a character like Trent there who maybe has experienced something like that in his life and knows what to do or at least knows knows what it feels like that would be very interesting even outside of a shipping angle I mean most of all because like we talked about now a lot how um, the relationship between Trent and Ted is gonna change and Ted has been like the main character Trent interacts with throughout the seasons. But I just think it would be also fun to see him with more like different characters. And Trent on Rupert, that would just be very, ah, uh, yeah, very funny. Trent is like, we get introduced to him as a mean character, as uh, as as James Lance describes it himself, a bully. Yeah. And I like to think that, you know, he becomes a better person in the sense that he he no longer like mindlessly is just mean to everyone for no reason, like he was to Ted in the beginning, but that he still has that in him. He still he can still be bitchy mm-hmm. as hell if he wants to. And I just want to see him channel that into like for good, use it for good against yeah. Rupert. I want to see that so badly because Ted is always like, even when he's not mean to Rupert, but doing the um the dart scene, for example, he's still like mm-hmm. nice. Like he puts yeah. on this this very polite um face, even when he's mm. clearly when he clearly dislikes the other person. But mm. Trent wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I wish I I wish for a scene that's like Sassy and Rupert at the funeral. You know, where where yeah, Sassy exactly. just completely obliterates exactly. Rupert and is like, I hope you die. I'm going to dance at your funeral. <laughs> she is so cool. And I want something like that for Trent as well. 100%. Also because, like, it's not just that Rupert is a generally awful person. And, of course, everybody should hate him. And Rupert also treats the people Trent maybe cares, cares about, like Ted, um, badly and makes them, like, makes a life hell. I think also Rupert is something very personal um to Trent like mm. Rupert is part of the reason why uh, Trent had a bad time at Richmond before Ted came in like yep. in the press room and in the whole culture of football that was prevalent in Richmond as well before Ted came along because we know how Rupert is with, with people 
and we know the kind of culture he um, cultivated there probably. So um, this is also personal. And also just uh, if the whole um, Trent being gay and uh, Colin being gay and all that storyline happens and we um, will deal with the public reaction to that i think rupert could be a, a very important figure in that like he could be the personification of everything that's wrong um with yeah. homophobia and football um because he's already the villain and i could totally see him being a huge huge uh like homophobe um and that would for one make the storytelling very easy because we already hate him and <laughs> and we don't um like of course real in real life um the issue in football is not a single um homophobic person or individuals it's like a whole structure but to break it down and to show where the problems lie i think rupert would be a, like a good character to show that and then for trent to be the one um to to confront him over it and hopefully like destroy him over it i think that would be so satisfying oh, yeah. Ooh, that also brings us mm, it doesn't necessarily directly bring us but it kind of brings us to the next bingo point that ted defends trent against another character because yeah. we all know that most characters know trent as an asshole um, and even even at the very end after he's already changed as a person Keely still says that she hates Trent for what he did and yeah. Ted jumps in like no he was just doing his job don't worry about it and I just want to see that again because they are taking Trent who has so far been a figure who maybe wasn't the most beloved by the AFC Richmond because he was always brutally honest and he would never hold back when writing about them and it's very likely mm -hmm. that a lot of people at the club don't love Trent, mm. maybe don't even like him, maybe barely tolerate him. And I would love to see Ted invite Trent into this world, being like, hey, you're my friend now, you have a job here now, I, I want you around. But people around them don't love it. And Ted has to sort of make the case for Trent, has to defend why Trent gets to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it would be an interesting contrast to the way Ted brought Nate into it too. Like, Nate was somebody who wasn't respected at the, like, at Richmond before he was um, bullied and abused by the team, not taken seriously. And uh, Ted made sure that he got respected and got a place there. The thing with, with Nate is, I think that I saw an interesting meta post about it, that it's not necessarily that people meant it as bullying. It's just so ingrained in the culture that of course you te tease the kid man and uh, make him suffer a little bit, but it's all in good fun. And um, you see them like kind of ribbing on each other all the time. And with them, because they're on the same level, um, it's not as bad as uh, it is with Nate. But because Nate is uh, just below them in term of ranks, it gets very bad and also because of his history of uh, not being taken seriously and probably experiencing bullying before so that backfires completely and we see ted then managing to pull nate from that position into this new role that he has at richmond where he's suddenly respected and a member of the team um but trent is somebody who's not just been 
bullied by them or something. He's someone that actively worked against the club um, or make, made their lives harder. And for somebody like him to be brought in by Ted and Ted saying, okay, but even somebody who was against us before could be on our side. I think that would be important both for Trent and also for Nate to to give Nate a chance to get it, to come back and see um, that yes, there is a place for people who have worked against this team before. It could be significant because you know mm. Trent is the one that Nate went to with the panic attack information, and he would realistically expect Trent to be as about as beloved as himself. So you know. Nate seeing Trent just hang out and be genuinely liked could, you know, because I, I think it is very normal when you turn against someone and you hurt someone to think that they will always hate you now. And I think yeah. Nate very much thinks in extremes all of the time mm -hmm. and would be interesting to see him deal with the realization that Trent gets to be back there. Trent gets to be mm -hmm. heavily accepted into this group. And even though he did something to hurt them, so it's a possibility that he could be too. And I, I mean, it seems likely that that is where the story is going to go for Nate. We only have one point left on the bingo, which yeah. is the catch-all. It's uh, Trent comes clean about something unexpected. This is for, mm -hmm. we have, I mean, this, what we're doing right now is scratching the surface of the mm -hmm. theories we have, but uh, we still leave it open for anything that we absolutely did not see coming. And this is sort of the catch-all for that, that Trent yeah. at one point, did something that there's something in Trent's backstory that there's something about mm -hmm. Trent that none of us knew about none of us expected none of us saw in the show so far Wow, we actually made it through our bingo again if you want to look at it it's on tumblr crimcast.tumblr.com we put it there you can look at it there you can share your own thoughts about it there maybe share your own you can make your own bingo if you want yeah. i would love to see some more bingos mm -hmm. um we will also update the bingo probably as the, the as season three progresses um, just to keep track of everything that's happening i think next episode we've we've mentioned that next episode we will go into narrator trend a little more we will go into everything that we feel like has been too unaddressed so far where that we only could scratch the surface off because we still have one more week yeah before the season three starts and then it's one episode per episode from us yes yes but also if we um touched on something that didn't make sense to you uh, because we kind of left it out of context i feel we maybe do that sometimes where we reference certain articles or interviews and then don't explain what they really say if something's confusing to you just um reach out to us we will try to explain it and um post links to articles and stuff we, Anna, we love talking to you guys i just want to say a big thank you to all the feedback we've received so far everyone has been so nice and so supportive yeah. and it's been so so wonderful reading all of the reactions to the podcast it makes us incredibly happy thank you thanks everyone for that yes i'm just in general amazed how many more people do have the trent grim brain rot <laughs> that we have it's just very nice to see and um yeah, I'm just very, very excited to to get to season three now. Well, that's it for today. And um, we want to thank David Hyde for the music and Mikuno Salome on Tumblr for our lovely cover art. Um, and also thanks to everybody for listening again. 
And like we said, if you want to talk to us, just um, reach out to us on Tumblr at crimcast.tumblr.com or you can send us an email at crimcast at gmail.com because as always, we, we love, love our, our chats. chats. <laughs> Again. <laughs>